Hey everybody, before I start today's show, here is a word from our sponsor. Are you looking to improve your health but you don't know where to start? Well, Nourish by Nature Made offers a five-minute quiz to remove the guesswork from your vitamin regimen. Backed by 45 years of science, Nature Made is the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand, so you can trust them to help you find supplements that are right for you. Visit Nourish.com to create your personalized vitamin package today. That's N-U-R-I-S-H dot com. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's Guide to Slim Down and Shape Up. My name is Ben Greenfield, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. Here on the Get Fit Guy podcast, I've addressed the topic of fitness shoes and whether funny-shaped exercise footwear actually does do a better job at toning your calves, thighs, or butt. I've also talked about how to choose the right exercise shoes for your specific activity and even how to avoid heel pain from plantar fasciitis by strengthening your feet properly. With all this talk about shoes and feet, I haven't purposefully neglected the topic of barefoot running and how to run barefoot, but it's taken me until now to actually get a chance to do a significant amount of barefoot running myself, and also to extensively test minimalist running shoes. So, in today's episode, you'll learn if running barefoot or wearing minimalist shoes is safe, you'll learn how to run barefoot and get some tips for barefoot running. In case you hadn't noticed, barefoot running seems to be a bit of a craze these days. From paleo and primal enthusiasts to the Barefoot Running Society, which has nearly 2,000 members, to crazy people trying to run across the country barefoot, and I'll link to that anecdote over in the show notes, barefoot running has certainly exploded in popularity over the past decade despite significant advances in shoe technology for features such as better cushioning or enhanced motion control. But to evaluate whether barefoot running is actually safe or effective, it's important to understand the basic mechanics of running. When you run, each of your legs goes through two basic phases, a ground contact phase, in which your foot strikes the ground and maintains contact with the ground, and the swing phase, during which your foot is moving through the air. Aside from perhaps a small amount of extra weight from a shoe, the swing phase is not as important as the ground contact phase when it comes to understanding how different items on your foot may affect your running gait. So let's focus on that contact phase. It's basically comprised of, one, contact. Your body decelerates and absorbs the impact from striking the ground. Number two, mid-stance, in which your body weight shifts from closer to the back of your foot to closer to the front of your foot as you shift your weight forward to prepare for leaving the ground. And number three is toe-off. You extend your foot, ankle, and legs and propulsively push off the ground. Now, during this entire contact phase that I just described, your foot needs to absorb the impact of striking the ground and also absorb your own body weight as your body weight moves over your foot. And this scenario is going to look very different when you compare barefoot running to running with shoes. When you have shoes on, you tend to strike the ground closer to the back of your foot, which is called a heel strike. But when you take your shoes off or you run in minimalist shoes like the Vibram Five Fingers or the Merrill Trail Gloves, you tend to strike closer to your midfoot or your forefoot. And there are two significant mechanical things that happen when you make this change. 
Number one, you take shorter strides, and running with shorter strides and higher frequency naturally reduces the impact forces on your foot, which you tend not to worry about quite so much when you're wearing shoes. Fortunately, shorter strides also mean less impact higher up in your ankle, knees, and hips. Likely due to these shorter strides, barefoot running has also been shown to lower your heart rate and your rating of perceived exertion, while at the same time increasing your running efficiency. Number two, you land with a slightly flatter foot. Since your toes aren't quite as pointed towards the sky when you're running barefoot, since you don't strike with your heels quite as much, this means that your heel and your ankle undergo far less pressure and impact. In addition, the skin on the bottom of your foot can actually do a better job sensing the ground when you run barefoot, and this can cause the tiny muscles in your foot to do a better job absorbing shock and lowering impact. On the other hand, shoes can protect your feet from sharp objects, extremely cold or hot ground conditions, or bacteria and germs on the ground. Not to mention shoes can look far more fashionable with a color-coordinated running outfit. Furthermore, if you're overweight, or you have poor running form, or you have a weak core or hips, or you spent your entire life wearing shoes for most activities, then shoes provide your foot with extra muscle and cushion to support the impact from landing and to keep your foot from excessive movement or arch collapse when you're running. And if you fall into these categories, then barefoot running may be very difficult to transition to and could actually increase your risk for injury. But don't worry, even if you feel like barefoot running might be difficult for you to start doing, it's completely possible if you make a smart transition into barefoot running, which is what I'm about to teach you how to do. So here are my top six quick and dirty tips for running barefoot. I want to tell you about today's sponsor, the FitTrack Dara Smart Scale. FitTrack gives you in-depth insights on your fitness progress to help you reach your goals. The Dara Smart Scale measures 17 health metrics, including BMI, hydration, muscle mass, and a whole lot more, and it syncs with the free FitTrack app. So all your health insights are available, well, wherever you are. And the scale takes up to eight different users, which is something I really like about FitTrack because, well, I don't live alone and it's really nice to have those insights available to everybody in the house. Now, I like to track my muscle mass, but my partner has an eye on her hydration levels. So whatever you want to focus on, FitTrack can help you do it. So stop measuring just your weight and start measuring your health with FitTrack. Go to getfittrack.com slash fit to take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 10%. If you go to G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K, that's getfittrack.com slash fit, and you will save 50% plus an additional 10% off your order. So don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer and go to getfittrack.com slash fit. Number one, start small. Muscular adaptation to new activities, like running without any shoes on, is going to take a minimum of about four to eight weeks, so you need to allow for at least this much time to transition, especially if you've worn shoes your whole life. For example, for the first four weeks, you can simply use some of the other tips I'm about to give you to strengthen your feet, while at the same time walking or standing barefoot for 20 to 30 minutes each day and making sure to have your shoes off as much as possible, especially when you're at work or at home. If you have a standing workstation, it can help this process even more. 
for the next couple weeks, begin to run barefoot for very small distances on soft surfaces only, like a few laps around a grassy park or an easy jog several blocks around a soft track, just two to three times per week. Each week, gradually increase this volume, trying to increase by no more than 10% volume per week. After eight weeks of this, you can start experimenting with harder surfaces, paying very close attention to how your feet feel and whether or not anything hurts. If anything does hurt, go back to soft surfaces and strengthening your feet. Number two is to do drills. As part of the small runs that you begin doing barefoot, you should also train your body how to run properly by including running form drills. And I'll link to some of these in the show notes over at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. But drills like skipping, the toe-up drill, or the lean drill, these drills will help ensure that you're running efficiently and striking the ground properly as you run barefoot. Number three, work on feel. If you've been wearing big, bulky, protective shoes for a long time, then you may have difficulty properly sensing the ground when you run barefoot. So try incorporating feel-for-the-ground activities, like standing on one leg when you're brushing your teeth, standing on one leg while on a balance disc or a balance pillow at the gym, standing on one leg for exercises like a single-leg overhead press, or even using a mini trampoline if you happen to have access to one of those a few times a week. Number four is to get flexible. One of the most common complaints among people who transition to barefoot or minimalist shoe running is that the back of their legs, the calf muscles and the Achilles tendon, feel tight or painful. So before and during your transition to barefoot running, work on the flexibility of the back of your legs by doing calf stretches and foam rolling for the back of your legs. I'll link to some of my favorite stretches and foam rolling moves in the show notes. Number five is to strengthen your feet. If you've worn shoes your whole life, it's likely that you have weak feet muscles since one of the primary functions of a shoe is to provide your foot with support. Because of this, I highly encourage foot strengthening activities. While some of the balance activities I mentioned earlier will help, I also recommend standing on one leg and practicing rolling your entire body weight from the outside of your foot to the inside of the foot and back. It can also be helpful to do cable kick forward and cable kick back exercises while you're standing on one foot. You'll know you're doing things right if your tiny foot muscles start to burn and fatigue. Number six is to do plyometrics. Your feet need to be conditioned to withstand the impact of the ground since the cushioning of a shoe typically provides significant impact reduction benefits. And plyometrics are explosive exercises in which you are hopping, jumping, bounding, or skipping with one leg or two legs and some of the most helpful plyometric exercises to get you ready for barefoot running are side-to-side hops and single-leg jumps onto a box or a raised platform. Ultimately, whether or not barefoot running actually increases your risk of injury is going to depend quite a bit on how you approach the transition from wearing shoes to running with minimalist shoes or running barefoot. If you rush out to buy minimalist shoes, toss your old shoes in the garbage, and launch right into your usual workout routine, you're almost guaranteed to injure yourself. But if you make a smart transition using the tips in this article, you may find barefoot or minimalist running reduces how tired your knees and hips are after a run or a workout and increases your enjoyment and your feel for the ground during a run. Now, if you have more questions about how to run barefoot, you can share them over at facebook.com slash getfitguy. And until next time, this is the Get Fit Guy asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit. Go get fit.